Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Just as I got to the end of the aisle waiting to turn, I saw two of the men get in the front seats and the other man and the woman get in the back seat. I was having a full-blown panic attack now. But I will never forget the things I saw in that house during that time. Almost as soon as I turned towards my house, I heard this deep panting sound. It sounded like a huge dog, but what made me note back to my front door was that it sounded like it was right behind me. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. This episode is sponsored by Call Me Curious, a podcast hosted by Nikki Boyer that finally gives you definitive answers to life's burning questions and keeps you up to date on the topics happening in the world. Listen to Call Me Curious podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true horrifying tales that are sure to keep you up at night. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show hearing from Reddit user Raccoon Eating Lemons, featuring voice work by Addison Peacock, and we're nearly taken. I'm going to start this story off by saying that at the time this happened, I was a 19-year-old sophomore in college. I was living on campus in their apartment-style dorms, so I'd usually drive a little bit further to go grocery shopping so I could be in a little bit more of a safer area. The night this happened, I was going to cook dinner and realized I didn't have some of the spices I needed. Normally, I would have just said forget it and made something else, but the meat had already been thawed for a day or so and I needed to cook it. I debated just going to the Walmart that was two minutes away from my campus, but it was getting late and I didn't want to go there by myself in the dark. That Walmart is right next to a major highway, and being a girl by herself, I felt uncomfortable risking it. So instead, I went to the Walmart that was about 20 minutes away. 
a few towns over. I got to that other Walmart and bought my spices along with a few other things and checked out, no problem. By the time I was done, it was now completely dark out. I was back at the driver's side of my car and putting my few bags in the passenger's seat when I noticed a woman. She was African-American, maybe in her 50s, looking at the back of my car. At the time, I drove a really old car, and if you know your cars, it would be surprising that it was still running. I've had a few people in the past, older men usually, look at or come up and ask me about my car. I figured that this is what that lady was doing, and I kind of ignored it until out of the corner of my eye, I saw her come around my car and stop about two feet behind where I was standing. I was parked next to a parking lot median, so it's not like she was getting in a car next to me. Excuse me? She said. I turned around saying yes, kind of prepared to answer what year or model is your car. My church is giving out leftover boxes of food from our food drive to people in need. Could I give you one? We have them in our car over here. This immediately set off an alarm in my head. I mean, she had just seen me put my groceries in my car. Why would I need something else if I just went shopping? Also, the churches and food pantries around my college were usually cleaned out after they had their shopping days for the people who really relied on things like food drives. There was hardly, if ever, anything that was just left over. I had watched enough Criminal Minds and read enough Facebook posts to know that this felt like a human trafficking lore. I stuttered over my words a bit at first, trying to figure out what to say, but finally got out. Oh, no, thank you. I'm good. I'd like to see it go to someone who could really use it. I felt like that was an okay response if she really was handing out boxes. Are you sure? They're just right over here in my car, she said, taking a step and making the gap between us a little smaller. I was panicking. As she stepped closer, I tried to nonchalantly put my hand in my bag and look for the small pocket knife my dad had given me. My mind was racing as I tried to find the knife, but also tried to keep my face looking calm and not suspicious. I repeated to her that I was good and the box of food should go to someone who could really use it. She finally seemed to let up, saying, okay, have a good night, God bless you, and all that. I told her to have a good night as well, and then as soon as her back was turned, I got into my car and locked all the doors. As I pulled out of my parking spot, I noticed that the car she was walking to had three large men standing at the trunk of the car. They were barely illuminated by the parking lot lights, but I think it was an early 2000s white Nissan. As I tried to go down the parking lot aisle as fast as I could, I saw the men looking at the back of my car, just like the woman had. I then noticed where their eyes were shifted to. They weren't looking at my car, they were looking at my license plate. Just as I got to the end of the aisle waiting to turn, I saw two of the men get in the front seats and the other man and the woman get in the back seat. Their car started and they started to pull out too. I was having a full-blown panic attack now. Just a week before, my friend had posted something on Facebook about how two men followed her and her mom through a Walmart. Again, I had watched enough crime shows to know that this wasn't painting a pretty picture. I finally got my opportunity to turn, but that car was coming up behind me. I made the quick decision to take a really odd way back to campus. I made a ton of turns and went through a lot of small streets instead of taking one of the two main roads. I don't think I saw the car again after I pulled out of the parking lot, but I was definitely not risking it. By the time I got back to my college, I'd calmed down a little. I started to wonder, maybe you're overthinking this. Believe there actually are good people in the world. And I decided that if they were really giving out boxes of food, then hopefully it does go to someone in need. That was until I was walking behind my car 
heading towards my building. There was an SF faintly written in white sidewalk chalk on the brown paint of my car. I was shocked and terrified knowing that I definitely did not put that there. I said out loud, oh my fucking God, as I practically dropped my bags on the ground and rushed to wipe the chalk off with the sleeve of my jacket. My car had been tagged. After a few seconds of wiping, the chalk was gone, so I locked my car, grabbed my bags, and raced into my building. I got into my dorm and saw the dinner I was supposed to make, but I had lost my appetite completely. I put everything away and went into my bedroom, still reeling over what had happened in the last 45 minutes. I sent the whole story as a Snapchat video to some of my friends, who were just as shocked as I was. My one friend, Sarah, said that she thinks SF stood for single female. It made sense, which made the whole experience that much scarier. I called my mom afterward and told her everything that happened, and by the end of the call, she was sending me an Amazon package with pepper spray in it. I didn't go out after dark or by myself for about two weeks after that happened. I'd have a friend from campus or work go with me, or I just wouldn't go. The whole situation was terrifying, but I think the strangest part about all of it was that I was supposed to have been in a safer area. I drove all the way to that Walmart because I had a bad feeling about the one that was closest to me. I started going to the Walmart that was closer to me after that, and I've never had a negative experience at the closer one since I started going. It's hard to believe that all the stuff I've seen on TV and the internet could have almost happened to me. So to the people in that Walmart parking lot in November 2020, let's not meet ever again. Do you have your own terrifying encounter? Did something unexplained happen to you? Let us know and get featured on the podcast. Email mystory@disturbedpodcast.com. Up next, we hear from Reddit user Horror Appeal, featuring voice work by Nicole Doolin, and we're traumatized by what we saw. I grew up with my grandma and lived with her most of my life. And her house always freaked me out because weird things happened. It's not like the house was old. No one had ever lived there previously, and it wasn't the typical scary house you think of when you think of a haunted house. I have my theories, but that's for another time, I suppose. Everyone in my family who stayed there has their own stories of things they've seen or heard, including myself. Some examples of what I experienced were hearing footsteps outside my door in the middle of the night, hearing someone in the master bathroom walking around and turning the sink on when I was the only one home. When I was young, I was sneaking downstairs to grab a snack and turn the corner to go downstairs and saw a little girl sitting on a big box we had at the bottom of the stairs. I also saw figures of people on the walls moving around and the list goes on. These things happened throughout my life and were spaced out occurrences, so I tried to just ignore it all the best I could. But what I experienced when my grandma was dying were some of the most intense things I've ever witnessed. My grandma had breast cancer. Eventually, it spread throughout her body, and she lost the battle. They put her on hospice, and we set up her living room for her to stay in so we could take care of her. The last week of her life is when things started getting really weird. 
I would be sitting on the couch next to her bed and see people in the corner of my eye walking past the doorway in the hallway, even when it was just me and her in the house. And when other people were there, they saw it too. There were times she would be looking up to the ceiling or at the walls and smile like she was looking at someone she knew. Another time, my whole family was on the couch just being with her, and the light in the living room went out, and my grandma smiled and said, It'll come back on. And right when she said that, it did. While these occurrences were starting to happen frequently, it was just little things like that. But then, the last few days of her life, she started declining more. So we bought a baby monitor with a camera to watch her when we weren't in the room, to make sure she didn't try and leave the bed. She kept trying to do things on her own and would fall. Well, one night my sister and I were upstairs in her bedroom talking, and we looked at the monitor screen, and I instantly started crying from what I saw. It's hard to describe what we saw. The only thing that comes close to what it looked like was a mix of a gremlin and a golem. It felt so off. We watched it almost like crawl, jump up on her bed. She was asleep, but it seemed like she knew it was there because she made a movement with her hand like she was hitting it away. And when she did that, it left. My sister went downstairs to check on her. She was still sleeping and nothing was there. It was one of the scariest things I have ever seen in my life. And even after six years, just the thought of it makes the hair on my arms stand up and my eyes begin to tear up. It's not just because of how scary it looked, but because the way it made me feel. Even through the monitor, you could feel its presence, and you could feel it was not good, whatever it was. The next night, my sister and I were back up in her bedroom watching a movie, and my sister looked at the monitor and studied it for a second and told me to look at it, which after what I had already witnessed, I was terrified to even look. But I did, and clear as day, you could see a head behind my grandma, which looked like how she looked at the time. Bald, sick, etc. So we took a picture of the monitor screen this time, and we zoomed in to see what it was. And we noticed above that head was my uncle's face. You could see his features, and could easily recognize it was him if you knew him. He was my grandma's son who died a few years back from cancer. While I don't really believe in God, and I'm not sure where I stand on the afterlife, even after all my experiences, it was a feeling of relief seeing this after the horror I saw the night before. Almost like him saying, It's okay, I got her. I have no idea what the head was behind her. My sister thinks it could be her starting to leave her body. It did look like it was her just watching her body laying there. A couple days later, she had passed away. For the next month, we stayed there to pack up her house and sell it. And while there were some weird occurrences from time to time, that was pretty normal for the house, and it seemed like all the insane activity that occurred while she was dying had left with her. But I will never forget the things I saw in that house during that time. And even as I'm writing all of this out, I have goosebumps. Are you loving this show? Let us know with a positive rating and review. In return, we'll help you hide the body.
I know I've given you guys a few different podcast recommendations through the days, but I have to tell you about one I just got hooked on and can't stop binging. It's called Call Me Curious, and it's incredibly well done. Hosted by Nikki Boyer and part of the Wondery lineup, Nikki finally gives you the answers to life's burning questions. And listen, in today's world, there's a non-stop flow of information overload, and it's hard to tell what's real and what isn't when it comes to things like health, pop culture, or relationships. And I have to tell you that listening to Call Me Curious has absolutely opened my eyes and given me such valuable and useful information. Do you want to know if you're throwing away free money? Because I was certainly curious. And we all get tons and tons of those credit card offers in the mail, right? Well, what you find out in this particular episode is going to give you a whole new perspective on credit cards, how to use and manage them, how many you should have, and how to take advantage and get the best perks and bang for your buck. I'm not kidding when I say I took away so much valuable information from just this episode, and there's tons more for you to learn about in the feed. Every week, Nikki dives into the things you've maybe heard about, but you don't really know or understand. And as the hottest topics and these little life mysteries are discovered, you're going to learn and laugh along the way. Listen to Call Me Curious Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to listen to Disturbed ad-free? Of course you do. Go to disturbedpodcast.com slash support to get your access today. Now back to the deliciously frightful. Disturbed Podcast with your host, Chad. And now let's check in with Isadora. She's been listening over in Scotland and wanted to share her story. And to do that, just head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash hotline, and you too can get your story or experience on the show. So Isadora, take it away. Hi, so my name is Isadora, and I live in Scotland. This story happened last October on Halloween weekend. So I am... 25 and last year I had recently at that time recently just ended a very long-term relationship and had found myself a studio flat downtown Uh, it's important to note that I live in what's called council housing here so because I'm a student and I work part-time they give me affordable accommodation 
that means that a lot of other people from different walks of life and some rougher backgrounds do live around here too. But it's we live right in front of a police station and I've never had any issues with my neighbors. It's been great. So this is my first time living just me in a flat. So it's me and the cat. And I had been very, very ill at that time. And I had this tonsillitis that put me in A&E. So I was here in the house, just lying in bed all day. I hadn't been to work in two weeks. It was really bad. And it was a sunny day. It was a Saturday afternoon and it was sunny. And if you know anything about Scotland, specifically Glasgow, you would know that sunny days are as rare as, I don't even know, as rare as Goldman. So I decided, no, I'm going to get up and I'm going to take the trash out. It's a bit of a layout. You have to come out my front door, bulk all the way down to the parking lot where the trash cans are. So I did that and I did it in, in little installments because I was really weak and I wasn't feeling very well and I was doing it very slowly. So I lock my door every time that I leave the house. It doesn't matter that I'm just going down the ramp. I lock it. I have a cat. She's everything in my life. If anyone came in here, if by any reason the door opened and she left, I don't even know what would be of me. So I locked the door. I came in, I had put all the trash downstairs, and I saw that I left one single bag. Now, it is important to know that I locked my door every time because I was going down the ramp in a place where I could not see my door. Now, my front door is right to like this big common area. It's just grass and there's a couple benches. People bring their kids out to play, walk their dogs kind of thing. And there's a trash can right in the middle. So right in front of my door, just like two meters away from my door in the middle of this communal space. So I saw that there was one little bag and it was biodegradable stuff. So I thought, okay, great. I'll just, I'll just throw it in that trash bag because I don't have it in me to walk all the way down. So I didn't lock my door behind me. I just closed it, turned it and went to throw the trash. I had my phone on me and I was sending an audio message to a friend. And then I noticed this guy and he had been calling out to me. So he kept going like, hey, pal, hey, pal. And I, I knew him from when I moved in, once he knocked on my door and he said he got the wrong door. He was looking for his friend, but he would try to keep the conversation going. And then eventually, like when he saw that there was a man in here with me who was uh, measuring my floors for the carpet, uh, he left. But it was quite obvious that he does suffer with some kind of mental illness. And it just went... I didn't even care at that time. I was preoccupied with moving houses and stuff. So that it happened again that he knocked on my door. I saw that it was him and I just didn't answer. And that left me uneasy. So this day when I was throwing the trash out and I saw that he was calling out to me, I pretended to be on the phone. And so instead of coming like towards him, because he kept calling and he kept getting, lo getting louder. So... I pretended to be on the phone and I went straight to my door and he was at his friend's door, which was right next to mine, but it's um, about two meters between the doors. So I went straight to my door and I put my phone to my chest as if there was someone on the line with me. And I said, hey, how can I help you? And he goes, did you know that you weren't allowed dogs in there before you moved in? And as I mentioned, I have a cat, I don't have a dog. So I was like, oh, and... As he said that, he kind of came towards me, like launched, just launched towards me. 
And I just went, I can't talk right now, Paul, but have a nice day. And I opened the door, which thank God was not locked. And I went to close it. And as I went to close it, he pushed the door to try to come in. So I freak out and I start screaming bloody murder and calling him every name under the sun. I am a very aggressive person when I get scared. And my cat was in here. And as I said, if anyone does anything to her, so I'm screaming and I'm kicking the door back and I'm saying that he is not to come into my fucking house. And I'm just having a, uh, yeah, a fit. So I managed to close the door. He bangs his hands on it, kind of like makes a frustrated noise, calls me something, I don't know, goes away. So I lock the doors. I lock, I have a middle door. I lock the middle door. I call my friend crying, I'm desperate. And then I call the police, which just then occurred to me. The police came, I described him. I was in tears, I was hysterical. So the police came and, and they, they got him because he was walking around still. And he said he just got the wrong door. And I'm obviously hysterical. And then the cops were like, listen, it's your word against his. So nothing's gonna happen. He's just been warned that like, if he comes to your door near you again, we'll take him. So that was very frustrating. I called friends to stay over. My ex came to stay over. Thank God we have a really good relationship. So I had that support because I'm from Brazil and I'm in this country alone. Like he's the closest thing I got to family. So we help each other out like that. And he came and stayed with me for a bit. My friends came and stayed with me for a bit, but it's been a while. And this man actually walks around my building block. He doesn't live here, but he's always around. And he has taken to trying to talk to me again on the street. And yeah, so I got a camera installed and I am never again going through the situation where it's my word against anyone else's because turns out I'm not protected still. And I have the weirdest trauma, which is the stupidest one as well. I procrastinate taking my trash out to the last minute, which is disgusting, but it just, it, I break out in cold sweats. So yeah, that's my story. Just watch out, always be really aware of the people around you and just your surroundings in general. I mean, people are great. I live right in front of a police station, but you just never know what people are capable of. And sometimes, you know, it's not their fault. As I said, he very clearly suffers with a mental illness. And sometimes it's just about what people understand, what people don't understand of the social interactions and cues and what people have control of and what they don't so at the end of the day you got to protect yourself and you got to have empathy but you have to protect yourself especially if you're a woman like me living alone so yeah thank you so much for the show it's one of my favorite podcasts ever i do everything listening to you guys and every thursday is bliss so thank you so much and thank you for listening to my story i hope you guys have a lovely day and that the podcast continues to grow and that more people send in their stories. So yeah, thank you and stay safe out there. Thanks for that submission. And it just goes to show that you never really know who might be suffering from what and how it's going to affect their actions. But at the same time, you always need to look out for your own safety and security. Thanks again for the submission. Are you listening alone? Rather brave of you. And finally, we close off the show hearing from Reddit user Angry Mama Bear with the story retold by her husband, featuring voice work by Tom Eglio. And we realize there's something in the woods. 
I had previously posted this story with my wife's account a couple of days ago in r slash Bigfoot. I didn't know what we had seen and it wasn't until someone replied with feel free to post on r slash Backwoods Creepy. This caught me off guard as I had never heard of Glimmerman slash Wendigo slash Crawler before. Now, I haven't read too much into the topic as I have a lot going on, but I soon realized that this ties in just about everything that has happened since we moved in a year ago. I'm going to start with the seemingly unrelated incidents that have led up to this moment recent eye-opening experience. About a year ago, I moved my family and I to a home way out in the woods in Tennessee. I want it to be brief here, but I need to get this off my chest, and after looking into this matter a little more, I have a lot more details that I think will paint a clear picture in the end, so please bear with me. The nights here can be extremely loud, between the crickets, the tree frogs, and the cicadas, it can almost be deafening. One night not too long ago after we moved in, I had forgotten something in my car and headed outside to get it. The first thing that struck me as odd was that my dog wouldn't go outside with me. My dog goes everywhere with me, as I am her whole world. But not this night. As I held the door open, she looked out, then looked up at me like, nope. So I walked out and shut the door behind me. Second thing that caught me off guard was that there was not a peep. It was dead silent. Still shrugged this off and walked down my front steps and headed down to my car. When I had gotten about 10 feet from my car, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt as though something was watching me. I looked around but saw nothing. After I reached in my car for what I had forgotten to grab earlier, I had this feeling like something was moving towards me. I took a step back and checked around me. All of a sudden, I heard one of my hedges next to me that lined the walkway to our front door rattle. At first, I thought it was a rabbit that I had spooked, as I had seen one just earlier in the day right where this was. A few seconds later, I heard the sound of a large rock, about the size of a cantaloupe, landing a few feet away from me. It hit the walkway and bounced into a shrub. I drew my gun and called out and said whoever that this was is about to be shot. After a few seconds of nothing, I began to think that maybe this was some local teenagers messing with the new people. I holstered my sidearm, turned, and started walking back to my front door. Almost as soon as I turned towards my house, I heard this deep panting sound. It sounded like a huge dog, but what made me nope back to my front door was that it sounded like it was right behind me. I leaped up onto my porch, turned, and drew my gun again, expecting something right there, but again, there was nothing. A couple weeks later, I was on my porch at night, sitting on a bench with my wife. She got up and walked inside to get something, and as soon as she shut the door, I heard that panting sound again. Couldn't see anything, yet this sounded like it was right on top of me. This sound was coming from everywhere, and it was really loud. Again, I couldn't see anything, so I noped it back inside my house. Now, at this point, I was questioning moving here, but after nothing else really happening, I, I let it go. A month or so later, it was a really rainy and stormy night. This is around 9 p.m., and my wife and I enjoy listening to the rain and talking about how relaxing the rain is. Me growing up in Oregon loved the rain, and for the past 10 years, we lived in Vegas where it would dump the entire year of rain in a day and then be bone dry for the rest of the year. For my wife who grew up in Nevada, rain was such a rare thing, she loved going outside and watching it. So for us, this is an enjoyable experience, except this night in particular, things took a weird turn. As we were sitting there talking about the rain and relaxing, my wife stops me and said, did you hear that? I said, no, what did you hear? She said, I swear it sounded like a small child calling for help out in the woods beside our house. I said, no, I didn't hear anything. After a few moments of us listening intently, she said, there it is again. I said, I didn't hear a thing, sweetie. You sure you're not just hearing things? She looked at me offended that I didn't hear anything and said, no, I'm positive. How could you not hear that? It was our son. I think he's out there and got lost. I said, no, he's in the house sleeping on the couch. We then both looked through the blinds that were open right behind us and we could see all of our children laying there. She said, that's so weird. I swear it sounds like our son. I said, well, it isn't him. He's right there. Besides, I don't hear anything. 
She then stands up and says, wow, he's really crying out for help. I need to go look for him. Now, at this point, if you knew my wife, you would know she was absolutely creeped out by the woods and wouldn't be caught dead walking into them during daylight, much less at night during a storm. I grabbed her hand and said, I've been listening intently and there's absolutely nobody calling out for help. You need to stay here. At this point, I'm getting worried about her. She was acting completely out of character, not to mention that at this time, she's eight months pregnant with our baby daughter. She then says, what if there's some child out there lost in the woods? I said, well, first off, I would be able to hear them too. Secondly, there are no other kids around here for miles, and the odds of them being lost 100 feet from our home that's lit up like a Christmas tree is nil. She then says, I know, but what if it's a kid? Before I could say anything else, she stands up and starts walking towards the stairs. I jumped up and grabbed her hand again and said, no, you're not. Get in the house. I don't know what's going on, but you need to go inside. She then complies, and we both go inside, and I didn't know what this was, but it freaked me out. A few months after this, just as it was getting dark outside, I heard the front door to our house open and I got up to investigate. We have autistic six-year-old twins and we have the door set up so they can't open it without us there. So to hear the sound, it could only be my wife. What was weird was the fact that she usually doesn't go outside without saying something to me. I walked out front and saw my wife walking down our private road towards the drive on the side of our house. I asked her what she's doing and she said she was sitting on the back patio and kept hearing a baby crying out in the woods. I said, seriously, and you just decided to walk off into the woods to investigate? She then looks out into the woods and says, see, there it is again. Again, I can't hear anything, but what I did notice is that it was completely silent out again. I told her just like before, the chances of a baby being out in the woods outside of our house is a slim and that she needed to get back in the house. She said, what if someone left a baby out there? I said, well, if that were true, I would hear it too. Now, at this point, I was really starting to worry about my wife's mental health. I actually asked her to see a psychiatrist and she did. Now, looking back, I feel really bad about this knowing what I know. A key to this moment was that my wife had just given birth to a baby girl a month before. A few days after this, we were out on the front porch. It's early evening and I had just mowed the lawn this day and our three-year-old son was riding around on his little car in front of the house. Now, he knows that he's not allowed outside of a certain area that we mapped off. He loves playing outside, but with the road behind 50 feet from our front porch, we have to be careful as a lot of boaters will fly through after drinking all day on their boats. As we are talking, we are both keeping an eye on him. A neighbor drives by and stops to say hi for a second. This interaction took approximately eight seconds as all they said was, how are things? We said good, and he told us he would stop by later as his wife got something for the kids, who happens to be one of their teachers in school. And we said, okay, great, and he drove off. I looked over where our son was and he was gone. I called out his name and ran over to the side of the house and could hear his car on our side drive. I scolded him for leaving the area and he said something in his three-year-old gibberish and pointed to the woods behind our house. I said he had five seconds to get back up to the front of the house or else, and he adamantly pointed back in the direction of the woods and kept trying to tell me something. I looked off in the direction of the woods and just assumed he saw a deer or squirrel or something and wanted to see it up close. I walked him back up to the front of the house and he cried the whole way there. He got really upset that I wouldn't let him go into the woods, but I just wrote this off as him being curious as most three-year-old boys are. Now, this instance isn't isolated as our twins have done similar things, but nothing quite as extreme as this. There have been nights where we had just laid down for the night and heard a loud bang on the side of our house on the wall behind our bed. It was so loud that I jumped up and looked out the window. Our floodlight had come on, but I could see nothing. Now, the weird part about it is that our bedroom sits about 12 feet from the ground level as we have a full-sized basement that's cinder block. I put on my slippers and grabbed one of my 12-gauge shotguns and walked outside to investigate. It was dead silent again. The floodlight that's on the side of the house had clicked off at this point, so... I walked over to the end of the deck and shined my light around the yard. There's nothing. 
I walked around the house and shined the light around intently. As I approached the backside of my house, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. It felt like someone was watching me. I shined the light up in the trees, but again, nothing. I rounded the corner, and the first thing I noticed was that my three dogs that were in their area weren't making a peep. Now, our dogs have no filter and will bark at anyone and everything. This includes me. So to see them all hiding with their tails between their legs not making a peep really had me worried. As I kept walking, all of a sudden the crickets and frogs started making sounds again. It was as if someone had clicked a switch. I walked back into the house and told my wife that I hadn't seen anything. She shrugged and said, okay, as long as our dogs were okay. Due to the circumstances that night, I decided to let the dogs in and sleep with us. The very same thing has happened on all four exterior walls of our house. It's random and annoying, but just like this instance, every time there's nothing going on outside. There have also been times where we were sitting in the house, and as I was watching a movie, my wife walked over to me and said, did you call me? I said, no, and she said she swears she heard me call her name in her ear. She said that it was definitely my voice, but she didn't understand because it sounded so close, and I was a good 20 feet away from her in my recliner. The important part to this was that she was sitting at the table doing something, and the slider to the backyard was open behind her. Now, our back patio sits about 20 feet off the ground and is like a balcony as it has no stair access outside. I think the previous owner built it for a barbecuing. There have been several instances where she would say she heard someone whisper in her ear, but she couldn't make out the sound. Again, I kept thinking she was going crazy, but as you will see, I think all of this is tied into this final moment where things are revealed. The last thing I want to mention before we get into what just happened is that I have a shooting range built behind my workshop on opposite sides of our property next to the main road. It's kind of on a downslope, but it works perfectly for what I need it for. The range itself is cut straight into the woods going down about 100 yards or so. When you're at the downrange, you have woods surrounding you on all sides except back up to my shop. I have to say, it has always felt creepy when I'm dealing with my targets or mowing. When you're down there, it feels like you're miles from anyone. One day around 5 in the evening, I was sighting in a new rifle scope. The sun was still up but was going to start to fade soon, so I knew this was going to be the final test. Up until this point, nothing really happened while I was making my multiple trips downrange other than this feeling of uneasiness. As I got downrange, I kept getting this feeling like someone or something was watching me. I looked around but didn't see anything. As I was placing stickers over my previous shots, I heard something big off to the side of me. It sounded like a large branch had snapped off a tree. Now, if you've been in Tennessee woods, you'll know that a lot of branches fall off of trees randomly out of nowhere, so this is nothing new. Except this time it was very loud and sounded like fresh, strong wood, if that makes any sense. I turned and looked, but again, couldn't see anything. I started walking back up to my rifle, and I swear I heard something right behind me. I turned around, but again, saw nothing. As I started to walk down, I heard this deep growl. It was really deep and loud, and what's worse is that it was all around me. I turned around facing the range and started walking backwards. The thought of some rabid dog charging out of the bushes had me freaked out, so running wasn't a good idea. I slowly walked backwards up the hill to my rifle, but nothing happened. I grabbed my rifle and sprayed the target with rapid fire hoping to scare off whatever was stalking me. I left 10 rounds in the mag and grabbed my rifle bag and quickly walked back up to the house. I never told my wife about this as I didn't want to freak her out. Fast forward about a year later from when we moved in and my niece is staying with us as a live-in nanny to earn money over summer break from college. We were on our way back from the store and about a mile from our house and I saw two eyes reflecting in the headlights coming from a wide tree on the side of the road just ahead. It had caught my attention because they were higher than a deer but a different color and size. Just as I had said, what is that, and squinted, they vanished. 
I had made a comment that it was almost as if it had known I could see its eyes and moved. The color was kind of golden slash green, but they resembled the mannerism of a large cat as they felt ominous. It's hard to explain, but I shrugged it off as we were passing the trees and saw nothing. A few moments later, we arrived at the house. As we were getting bags out of the car, my three-year-old son came bolting out of the house excited to see me. As I was waiting to help her carry in her bags, I heard my dog growl. I looked in the direction she was looking at my neighbor's property across the street. Now, what I saw has kept me up all night. Up until this point, I have always been skeptical as I had never seen anything with my own two eyes. Even with what had happened to me the year prior, I still had my doubts that it was just my mind playing tricks on me. Now, my street is a kind of spread out neighborhood. Each house sits on several acres and at the end of our road is Kentucky Lake. My neighbor's house sits adjacent to my house on about an acre lot. Directly in front of my house is a wall of woods and directly behind my house is several thousand acres of untouched forest. As I was looking across the street to my neighbor's property, I saw a large dark figure between the trees at first. The movement caught me off guard as it looked like something big moving quickly on all fours. Then when it came out into the clear view, it stood up and walked like a man. At first, I didn't know what to make of it. It was very tall, but what was strange about it was the distance it was covering and the fact that when it was in front of his shed, I swear I could see through it. It was clearly walking quickly, but moving faster than any person could at a sprint. More importantly, there was no sound. It was like it was phasing in and out of reality as it moved. I said, what the hell is that? And realized that it was looking directly at us. It had moved at an angle away from us to minimize its time out in the open and moving quickly as it could while still being silent. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up as I realized that whatever it was was stalking us. I told my niece to get in the house now, and I grabbed my son and booked it inside. I grabbed my AR-15 with a short scope and came back outside to see my niece still grabbing stuff out of her car. Knowing I told her firmly and clearly to get in the house, her disregard to my command annoyed me. But still, I watched over her without saying a word. As she was slowly walking, she turned towards the woods across the street from my house and suddenly bolted for the house. She ran up the steps in a panic state. I asked her what she saw and her face was pale as a ghost. She said, I heard something big in the woods walking loudly on the leaves and when I turned toward it, I heard a deep guttural growl. I asked her why she didn't come when I told her and she said she thought that I was talking to my son. I told her what I had seen and she wanted to get a closer look to see if she could see anything. I told her that it was not a good idea and she went anyway. As she was walking down the walkway, I heard the sound of dry leaves crunching in the woods across the street. I told her to stop and come take the flashlight. Now at this point, she's about six feet away from my wife's SUV. As she turned and started walking back to me, I caught a glimpse of something gray and hairy, bolt from behind the SUV back across the street into the woods. My porch is a raised porch and our SUV is about six and a half feet tall. And whatever this was, it cleared about 45 feet in what looked like a single jump. It moved like lightning. Whatever it was, it wanted my niece. It jumped behind the car out of my line of sight and was waiting for her. She still doubted my warnings and grabbed the flashlight and walked back towards the car. As she entered my driveway, she stopped dead in her tracks, leaned forward as if she could see something. I asked her what she saw. She turned and ran back up on the porch with a terrified look on her face saying, nope, 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 over and over again. She said it was a figure hiding inside of a tree and that she saw its eyes. I asked her what they looked like and all she could say was that they looked dull red at first, but as she got closer, they looked dead. And I said, what do you mean dead? And she said that where the pupils were looked gray like the way eyes look when they go blind. She said it was really dark gray and she swears she could see through it almost like a dark cloud. She wanted to go out again and took a step down towards the stairs and as she did, it revealed itself from the tree. I said, get inside and I went in and locked the door. It looked like a tall human-shaped being. It was really tall and looked ominous as hell. The next morning, we did a height comparison to the tree limb she saw it stand over, and it puts its height to around 9 feet, and its eyes were about 6 inches apart. 
At this point, I don't know what this thing is. After doing some research, I think this thing was a Glimmerman slash crawler. I looked to see if there had been any other sightings in Benton County, but nothing. More importantly, I swear it would phase in and out almost like a shadow person, but bigger and more obvious. Now, I originally posted this on r slash Bigfoot, but after doing a bunch of research, I believe this belongs here. One of the things that makes this a fit is that it can communicate telepathically. This explains why everyone was hearing something that nobody else could hear. Secondly, it has a playback-like communication. So when I heard a dog panting, it was probably one of my dogs that had heard. My wife was actually hearing our son crying for help as she had recently fell and cried for help. The baby crying would be our newborn baby who she had given birth to recently, and it must have heard me call my wife's name and kept telepathically calling my wife's name with my voice. Another thing that my niece had said that night was that she felt compelled to go back outside to it. She said she felt like this thing was communicating with her somehow and it wanted her to go back outside. The more I read about this thing, the more everything that's been happening over this past year makes sense. One thing that I find extra convincing is that down the road towards the lake there's a property that is barbed wired off and is a wall of forest with no driveway. A lot of the property down our road is underdeveloped on land. And on one of the trees, there's this large old sign that says Screamer lives here with an arrow pointing back into the woods. Now, I have to admit, when I first saw this sign, I laughed thinking maybe the owner screamed at trespassers who entered his property and teenagers put up the sign to mess with him. But when I did a satellite search of our neighborhood, that entire section of road has no houses or trails or anything. It's just pure forest for as far as the eye can see. One of the things that this thing is said to do is make a loud scream when threatened. Now that you understand my story, I doubt this is the ending. The next question is, what can we do? I don't want my wife or kids to disappear one day, and if there's more than one of these things out there, this really makes the missing 411 make a whole lot of sense. I feel perplexed and scared as what can I do? Any advice? I'll try and keep this post alive with any new experiences. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Don't forget to head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit to send in your own true terrifying tale. Disturbed is produced by yours truly, funded through advertising and your support. And if you'd like to support the show, you can get early access to our premium feed, featuring ad-free listening and bonus episodes. Visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast to learn more. And let's shout out our newest supporters, Patty Foster, Jess, Alexander Manuelis, Damian Morton, Alexandra Krenz, Melissa Sandoval, Punchy Little Peach, Jenny Clark, April Keaton, Jezebel, Juliana Ashley, Humberto Silva, Brittany, and Jessica Rawlings. They all get instant access to our catalog of bonus episodes, ad-free listening, and 24-hour early episode releases, and you can too, over at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio, Co.ag, and Kevin Hartnell. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. And stay safe out there, y'all. 